I think that the word manager can take on a lot of different formats. You can manage programs, you can manage clients, you can manage, in our case, a lot of times it's managing vendors or um, actual in-house team members on behalf of our clients. So there's a lot of different ways that you can seek out and have experience with leadership opportunities that aren't a direct um, managerial responsibility. Hey, you just heard a clip from our latest guest on the People Digital Marketing Podcast with your host, Kenny Soto, and that guest is Trisha Gallagher. Trisha is a marketing strategist and mentor with nearly 15 years of experience in the marketing space. She's experienced in planning and executing successful marketing programs. Having held various roles in marketing, both in-house and agency side, Trisha brings a unique perspective to her role as the VP of Marketing at Marketry, an outsourced marketing and fractional CMO firm. She empowers B2B companies to achieve predictable, profitable growth through data-driven marketing programs and guides her clients from brand strategy development to execution of high-impact campaigns. In addition to her dedication to her clients, Trisha is passionate about mentoring young marketers and helping them achieve their goals, which is a perfect segue into what we'll be talking about. On episode 124, Trisha will be sharing all of the basics that you need to know as a marketer so that you can set yourself up for success. And that stems from where do you start your career? Do you start in-house? Do you start an agency? Do you start a consulting firm? All the way up to what does a manager even do and how that title can be defined in different ways depending on the organization you work at and much more. So without rambling too much, let's just jump into my conversation with Trisha Gallagher. Hi, Trisha. How are you? Hi, Kenny. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Prior to hitting record, I was giving you a little bit of backstory on the podcast. And I always like to start every episode, especially if anyone's listening to this for more than once or they're listening to all the episodes, I always like to start the same way, which is getting backstory on the guest. So before we even get into the nitty gritty minutia of what you know as a marketing expert, I want to start off by just asking you, how did you become a marketer in the first place? Yeah, I, I love that you asked this question um, because I feel like marketing is a profession that so many people can come to in so many different ways. Um, so I had, um, like many marketers, sort of an indirect path to the marketing profession. Um, my undergrad degree is actually in English. Um, I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to go with that in school. Um, I wasn't overly familiar, actually, with the idea of marketing as an option. Um, but I thought I wanted to do something with words, right? So um, after graduation, I started working for um, a security consulting firm, helping with internal documentation, more technical type writing. Um, and the company had a very lean uh, sales and marketing function of one person at the time. And that account executive sort of took me under his wing and started offloading a lot of his more like wish list marketing projects to me you know like what do you think about our website what about social media can you help with brochures for this upcoming event we have um and i really found that world a lot more interesting um and so i eventually advocated for a marketing role at that company i wrote up a job description for a marketing associate position presented it to the CEO, um, who ended up hiring me full-time in that capacity. And that's really when I dove headfirst into all things marketing. I worked alongside 
the salesperson, a couple of vendors to relaunch the website, launch the branding of a parent company. Uh, we spearheaded a new event concept that we hosted, overhauled the look of sales materials, launched a digital marketing program, you name it. We kind of tag team to, to get it done. And um, so after I left that company, I held similar positions in-house um, with lean marketing teams while I got my master's in marketing. I really wanted to learn more about it from more of a traditional education standpoint. And then when the software company I was with at the time got acquired, I was looking to move back to the area that I'm in now. Um, I reached out to a contact I had made at an agency um, that I worked with at that first consulting firm. And she had actually since started her own um, company and brought me on board. So that's when I got exposure to agency life, um, where I've been ever since. And now I'm with Marketry, uh, which is more of a fractional CMO consultative firm. Yeah, that's my that's my background. Nice. I don't want to jump away from this point because there are some people who have already probably listened to this interview that I did with a previous guest. Her name is Arlen Davich. But I don't want to assume context so just for the listeners so that they can get a, a refresher. What is a fractional CMO? Yeah, um, so I think there's a lot of different types of fractional CMO engagements. Um, there's like single fractional CMO consultants that can plug in um, in different capacities with companies. There's fractional CMO firms that have multiple fractional CMOs that kind of match make with different companies. Our business model is a little bit different. We have more of a fractional marketing team. So we often say that not one marketer has all the answers. Um, so fractional marketing, you know, as a concept allows companies to kind of have a slice of all the various marketing specialties without having to hire in-house for those roles. It's especially great for earlier stage companies that aren't quite sure what marketing strategy or support they need or they're more in foundation building mode. It's also really great for like more middle market companies that are trying to compete with larger companies or break out of like a growth rut and haven't seen much in the way of results, whether with their in-house team or previous vendors that they've worked with. Um, so our business model tends to be different from from other firms and, and outsourcing to other agencies in that we try to meet the companies um, where they are in their marketing journey. So we have tried and true processes and best practices uh, that we use, of course, but we really mold them to what the business needs when they come to us. And we're strategy-led, so um, every recommendation we have comes from a lot of research, data, our own experience. I, I feel like agencies, and sorry if I'm rambling here, but um, I feel like agencies oftentimes have very specific or specialized services or service packages but that's not always what what a client needs. Uh, they might need a piece of that and we can help them find that and plug in the best resource for that. Um, but they might also need things like a better understanding of their current customer base or a complete overhaul of their marketing technology stack or launching a new messaging strategy. Um, so that that type of relationship that we have with our clients as a team is a lot different from from what I've experienced, at least from other outsourced marketing providers or other fractional CMO type roles. I, I like that there's um 
I like that I can relate to your career uh, as far as having to go from both internal to agency. And I get this question a lot. I also ask this question sometimes to a lot of guests where it's like, what's the best option? And that's very vague because it always depends, right? Like that's usually the best way to start answering that question. But I wanted to know what are the benefits between starting off as a marketer within an agency versus starting off your marketing career being in-house? It's a really great question. And it definitely depends on the situation. I think it depends largely on the opportunities that are presented to you at, at the time. I think starting out as an agency, you get, or at an agency, you get exposure to a lot of different specialties and a lot of other marketers. If you're in-house, you get exposure to more of the business side, um, the customers, the product itself. You kind of have the luxury of diving deeper into the company that you're with um, from a more intimate level, whereas agencies, you have multiple clients, so maybe you don't go um, that in-depth with them. But you do have, um, depending on the agency you're with, you you are exposed to creatives and other strategists and copywriters and um, different industries. So it's it's different learning paths, um, but I think there's advantages to both. Um, yeah, yeah. good question. My, my thoughts here is, and I think this helped me out a lot, you want to, at the very least, figure out what, you, there's different paths, right? You can either figure out what industry you want to work in. And if that's the case, then working in-house might be the best way to do that. Or mm -hmm. you can figure out what channel yeah. or responsibilities you want to specialize in first. And then you can do either internal or agency or do a mix of the of the two throughout your career. My my follow-up to this would be, what would be the distinct difference if you're working in a consulting firm? Yeah. Um, well, depends on the type of consulting firm, of course. Um, I, I think consulting firms are more, and I, I hear you ask this question on past episodes about generalists versus specialists. I think oftentimes consulting firms lean toward having more strategists and um, generalists on board that have different marketing backgrounds themselves and not so much on the specialized side. Um, so I, I think agencies, and I don't want to overgeneralize, but I, I think they're much more specialized in terms of um, creative outlets or specific marketing channels, whereas consulting often looks at maybe a broader picture um, and more of a the generalist path. Yeah, I've always, uh, I've always subscribed to the idea of if you haven't tried it, try it to see whether or not you like to do it. And if you don't, then at least you tried it out, give it six months. And if anything, there's yep. always new jobs out there that are available because all businesses need marketers at the end of the day. We're in an attention mm -hmm. economy and people need attention or at least need to grab attention. My next question is in regards to strategy and planning, where even these terms are so vague that everyone approaches them different, differently. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. How would you define what a marketing strategy is. We'll go into planning next, but let's just start off with the basics of what is a marketing strategy? Yeah, very vague question. <laughs> um, and I think it can take on different meanings depending on where 
where you're coming from with that question. So if you're trying to put together a marketing strategy for a new product or for a company at large or for a specific campaign, um, you can put together a strategy in, in different, um, in different ways. And in that case, it takes on different meanings. Um, but I think the strategy is kind of like your target that you're going after. Um, so it kind of defines the parameters of everything you need to achieve to get to that bullseye, um, on the target. And then let's assume, again, we're going very broad here, high level. Let's assume you have a strategy You've selected your goals. Sometimes those goals either stack up to sales enablement, revenue growth, and or both. And you've kind of identified some channels to at least start testing to see which ones to double down on. How do you then shift the strategy to a plan where you actually have action items to to start focusing on? Yeah, I think that is key to seeing any success at all <laughs> um, is to really put things into motion. Um, so... At Marketry, our, our process is we have the strategic marketing plan that's kind of our roadmap that we go back to, we refer to often, um, and it's kind of our source of um, background information and, and truth for what we're going to put in place. And then we break it down into quarterly plans and then monthly project plans. There's a lot of different ways that you can go about breaking down your plan. Um, if you're on the consulting side and the agent side, agency side, well, and I guess in-house, a lot of it comes down to resources as well. So, you know, you have all your questions, what channel, what budget, what messaging, and then pulling together the, the best resources to, to see it through. I am going to throw somewhat of a curveball here, but I don't have a lot of experience with this, and I think you can provide a lot of insight here. What is sector-based marketing? Yeah, so that is um, focusing on, uh, I think sector and industry can be used a little interchangeably. So one marketing strategy, if you are focused on a specific industry already, it's kind of easier to, to put in place. But if you're a company like an outsource accounting firm, for example, and you can service a lot of different companies, big, small startup enterprise, you have a lot of different service offerings within that accounting space, bookkeeping, tax planning, uh, financial planning. Um, it's it's hard to really make an impact if you don't have a large budget, don't have a lot of resources, and um, your message is so broad that people shopping around aren't going to distinguish it, they're not going to be able to relate to how you can actually help them. So one method that you could go is sector-based marketing, which is, um, I guess, identifying the the market, whether you have team members that are experts within that space, um, whether the market as a whole is growing, um, what the competition looks like in that market, um, and then really pivoting your plan to focus on that that market so putting in place you know researching specific publications that reach out to the audience um establishing your team your core team that has expertise in that market as actual experts in that market um and then creating content to showcase that hey there 
I want to talk to you about a great platform that you can use to support your business, support your team, and get through this tough market, especially if you're trying to continue growing your marketing. But you need more support, and that's Marketer Hire. What's Marketer Hire? Marketer Hire is a platform similar to Upwork and Fiverr where you can hire vetted freelancers that can help you with your marketing. The difference between Upwork and Fiverr is that every single freelancer that's on the platform is vetted, evaluated for their skills, and they only get the top 1% of practitioners in the space. You can get SEO marketers, email marketers, even fractional CMOs on this platform. And what's even better is thanks to a partnership that I have with them, you can get your first $500 off in a credit when you hire your first freelancer on the platform. All you need to do is go to kennysoto.com forward slash hire. That's kennysoto.com forward slash H-I-R-E to get your first $500 off on your first freelance hire. And again, this is a great platform that you can use at any time whenever you're trying to scale your business at any stage of your business. So if you have a business that you're trying to grow, or if you just want to help support your team and impress your boss, visit kennysoto.com forward slash hire to get your first freelancer to support your team today. Let's talk about alignment across departments. I find that one of the skills, and I'm learning this in real time myself, one of the skills that's necessary to become a marketing leader is learning how to partner with other departments in a team, especially sales. How do you approach sales and marketing alignment so that everyone can reach their goals? I think it's so easy for sales and marketing teams to play the blame game um, for not seeing results or for miscommunication or you name it. Um, so I, I agree that communication is huge. I think getting on the same page in terms of overarching goals is important, but really getting in the nitty gritty of the handoff processes. At what point does sales take things from from marketing if, if you're in the inbound strategy? And I think marketing can really help sales if sales is willing to receive that help in a way that serves both parties. Um, so I, I definitely agree that communication is huge. Um, I think weekly conversations, I think setting up the tools that you have from a sales and marketing standpoint is important to make sure that they're in sync, um, whether it's the actual communication tools they use internally, like Slack, or your CRM and your marketing automation tool, making sure that those are in sync so that you have full visibility, transparency into the whole full funnel process. This ties into a perfect follow-up, which is kind of in two parts because both things are difficult in and of themselves. Both things are contextual. Let's start off with what is the best way to provide feedback? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think that coming at it from the customer's perspective and the prospect perspective is the key because then you're not, it's unbiased. Um, you're really there to focus on the, the company's message too and how that prospect or customer is receiving it. Um, so I, I think that, that that's the key. Um, so if everything is reaching toward that goal, so feedback in terms of this email template that you're using isn't effective or your follow-up process is too slow, you can always 
focus on the the prospects perception of that i think that would be the the key yeah that's a strong anchor because then you're not necessarily being combative or i don't want to use the term mean because you're not really mean to your yeah. coworkers <laughs> but it can come across that way mm -hmm. sometimes and then on that same vein how would a marketing leader or any marketer in this case what should they do to approach receiving feedback positively taking in that feedback and then making their own action steps from that um i think another in addition to to thinking about the customer perspective is looking at the data um so i think you can justify a lot of tactics that you put in place or pivoting of those tactics based on on the data that you're seeing so you know web performance email performance conversion metrics all all of that feeds in really nicely to justifying the way that you're doing things or um, being okay with changing based on feedback. My next question has to do a lot with like the overarching narrative or plot, if you will, of your career. Sometimes this is like the traditional route, but in most cases, some people kind of de deviate, but usually you have associate and you have manager, senior manager, director, and then you either have a VP, head of marketing, et cetera. How do those responsibilities grow and change over time as you begin to lead more and, and gain more responsibility? So this has actually been coming up recently. Um, we're, we're hiring and a lot of the um, candidates that we're talking to are, I don't know if thrown off is the word, but thrown off with the, the manager title, expecting it to manage people. I think that the word manager can take on a lot of different formats. You can manage programs, you can manage clients, you can manage, in our case, a lot of times it's managing vendors or um, actual in-house team members on behalf of our clients. So there's a lot of different ways that you can seek out and have experience with leadership opportunities that aren't a direct um, managerial responsibility. I think when people think about career paths and moving up the ladder, you oftentimes go direct to managing a team of people. Um, and that's not always the case or it doesn't have to always be the case. I think that um, your responsibility changes in terms largely of, of ideas um, and decision making. Um, so, you know, bringing in right resources and right information to be able to make those decisions. Yeah, I'm again, learning this in real time myself, where there's kind of multiple paths, especially in-house, where even if you get to the director level, in most cases, you may not even be managing a team. You might be managing a, a list of vendors. You might have a couple of freelancers, but you may not have like a huge staff under you because you can just be an expert individual contributor. Like you own the channel. You don't need to necessarily tell everyone what you're doing every single day. You don't need to be that minute. And it's just, hey, You've gotten this title because for the most part, historically, it, you've been showing that you can handle the responsibilities. You could handle more resources over time, but perhaps you don't want to be a people manager. You don't want to have to deal with that, which is a whole other gambit of challenges. You just want to get more resources to manage, in my case, the channel search, but it can be any channel or any series of channels. So you can, you can be a people manager, but you can also just be someone who gains more resources to grow their channel. Yeah. And I think um, at larger corporations and some agencies, I think the further you get 
down your career path, the further you get away from the specific channel, actual hands in production. Um, so if that's the path you want to take, that's totally fine. Um, but I, I do think that that's something to consider as you're moving up positions is moving away from being actual in production. Yeah. Before I ask my last question, another note that comes to my mind when you mentioned that is, you know, you're on the right path if you're creating less and editing more. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like the the last part of the creation process uh -huh. where you edit and then it gets published, as opposed to here you're assigned and or you're coming up with the assignments and then you're creating and then someone else is editing. Once you reach that inflection point, that's when you start realizing, oh, you're in the right direction. Your skills are getting better. People trust you more and you can be given more responsibility and potentially a, a title change at the same time. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Yeah. Now, my last question for you is hypothetical because time machines don't exist. But if one did and you can go back in the past about 10 years knowing everything you know right now, how would you specifically accelerate the speed of your career? I don't know that I would. Um, I think... <laughs> I don't know that I would want to speed it up. Um, if anything, I, I might want to slow it down and, and learn a little bit more about different things, um, you know, specific channels and different companies and different paths and everything. Um, I I think that everything happens for a reason and, and the opportunities that you are pursuing and presented with and decide to move forward with are all there to help you in the long run. Um, so I don't think that I would wish speeding up on myself. Um, but yeah, good question. Trisha, you're, you're the first person where I've gotten a mix of these two options where it's like, oh, here's what I would do to speed it up. Or I wouldn't speed it up at all. And here's why. You're the first person. And I've interviewed more than 100 marketing experts that said you would slow, slow it down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that having more time to explore different things would open up more doors or provide me with more education to be able to apply to my clients or my own career path. Um, so, yeah. That's definitely something I'm, I'm going to be mulling over after this. <laughs> now, Trisha, if anyone wanted to say hello to you online, where can they go to say hi? Yeah, you can say hi to me on LinkedIn. Um, always open to connecting with, with new people. Awesome. And thanks again for your time today. And thank you to you, the listener, for always tuning in. If it's your first time listening to the podcast, please subscribe. If you want to, you can also find me. Just search Kenny Soto on Google. I'm on all the platforms. And send over any recommendations. It can be topics. It can be people that you want to hear from that haven't been previous guests. It can be previous guests that you want to hear from again. I'm always open to new suggestions because that's how this show grows. And as always, I hope everyone has a great week. Bye. On the next episode of the People Digital Marketing Podcast, I will have a returning guest, my mentor, Maurice Bretsfield, on the podcast. We will be talking about AI. And if you haven't used AI in your work at all, well, definitely do so. And if you're looking for some motivation, next episode is the one for you. So I hope you tune in when it comes out. And as always, have a great day.